our stupid show usually starts with uh, us singing our anthem, right, Emily? Yeah. 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 You this is going to be a together? good way to open because what's not going to be included is <laughs> the reason that you started off saying our stupid show. <laughs> it's well, just sh- going to look like you stupid. hate this. <laughs> I, I hate this show. Why do we have to do How this? How do we start this stupid crap? <laughs> we'll do it live. <laughs> oh. Oh. Welcome to Butter No Parsnips. Every week on Butter No Parsnips, your hosts Emily Moyers and Kyle Imperator take you on an adventure through the weird, wacky, wonderful, and sometimes even wicked world of one wayside word. Strange characters, delightful bits, and general joyousness abound. Join them as they test each other's etymological expertise. I guess we're going to skip the uh, anthem today. Emily... Welcome to Butter No Parsnips. I'm oh, Kyle, you're Emily. You're right. You are Kyle and I am Emily, and this is our stupid show, Butter this No Parsnips. This is our stupid show. Oh, but Kyle, I have a fantastic, not stupid word this I'm week. I'm so excited. I'm, my, I'm brimming with energy. If you could, I mean, if you peeked in my room right now, you'd have to shield your eyes because I'm white hot. Yeah. It's yeah. it's probably radioactive yeah there's been there's been calls to the police already yeah (laughs) so your word this week kyle and like listen you and i have talked about doing words that the other person probably knows last Uh week you did a word that i mostly knew (laughs) yeah but we're we're just gonna jump that shark because there's still lots to talk about so your word this week is hi muckabuck h-i-g-h dash m-u-c-k dash a dash m-u-c-k I'm sorry. <laughs> Am I supposed to know this word? I oh, mean, I do definitely not know cut it, out, right? Cut out everything I just said. <laughs> Hi, muckamuck. Hi, muckamuck. With all hyphens? I mean, you, it can be spelled different ways. Oh, God. Sometimes Hi, it's high muck-a-muck. space muckamuck. I mean, I assume that this is a board game in the Pokemon world <laughs> where you have to stack mucks. Yeah, it's high muck a muck. Muck a muck. Highest muck wins. Yeah. Kyle, I have a hint for you if you would like it. I mean, how do you know that I don't just know it? I'm, am I not giving off confidence I, vibes? I thought you would just know it, but you've made it clear. <laughs> yeah, I know. I've never heard of it. What's, what's the hint? Well, another sort of iteration of this phrase that might be more common is muckety muck. Gulp. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, that helps. I definitely know it now. Audience, you're with me, right? We all know this word. Ah, uh, is this like a brouhaha? Is this like a to-do? It's not. Let me remind you, Kyle, about a lyric from a motion picture turned Broadway musical that both of us have equal and uncontentious feelings about. Newsies. Oh, oh gosh. In the song King of New York. There's a line that goes, Nubbin with all the muckety mucks, I'm blowing my dough and going deluxe. See, the benefit of having to direct a musical is you don't have to know every lyric. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> um, okay, so a person is a, is a muckamuck. A high muckamuck. A high muckamuck. Are there like tears here? Like, can some. Is, is a this low for, muckamuck? <laughs> yeah, there are low muckamucks. Uh, there? There's not. Mid level we'll, muckamucks. There's not, and we'll talk about why later. Like bureaucratic level muckamucks. <laughs> 
Um, but is, does this refer to a person? It does refer to a person. I assume this is a more modern word and it's like slang. It is It is sort of slang. Well, I don't know. <laughs> how do we define slang? Well, if we're going to go back to how John B. defines slang, <laughs> I think it was just like anything that the common people used. No, I think a high muckamuck is... Based on you singing Newsies, I think a high muckamuck is like... Well, uh, think about the kind of person that he might be singing about in King of New York. Yeah, I think a high muckamuck... With muck all the muck. muckety mucks. Uh, with all the muckety mucks, I think a high muckamuck is... Oh, uh... Like a hoity-toity person. Yeah, literally, you got it. <laughs> oh, thank God. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Cut, you could, you could <laughs> ring out the amount of sweat coming off Cut. <laughs> just wow it's just i'm gonna burst like a blueberry yeah kyle a high muckamuck is an important influential or high-ranking person especially one who is pompous or conceited wow i love this like a big wig you know i've never heard of it wow i feel like i've heard it just thrown around it's it's a emily do you live in the 1910s i do I, I live in the, 1899. Me and, me and the boys always throw it around on our route. <laughs> so, Kyle, it comes from Chinook jargon. No. Yeah. That's wild. And that is not jargon meaning specialized words used in a certain field. That is a more archaic usage of jargon meaning a hybrid language. So Chinook jargon, at least when it originated, was what is called a pidgin language, P-I-D-G-I-N. And a pidgin language is basically when two or more groups of people are interacting, usually for trade, but they don't have a common language between them. They just naturally develop a language that is like the vocabulary is like a merging of their isolated languages, but it is grammatically simplified in all in every way that's real i i've definitely heard this term before i'm trying to remember like which language it's it's used for that i can relate it to but i mean what a fascinating thing to exist yeah it is super fascinating i was looking at like the list of sort of qualities of a pidgin language they usually don't have any like hard to pronounce sounds or tones no complicated sentence structures with multiple clauses in a sentence There's usually no separation of like parts of speech. So like this word is normally a noun, but I'm going to use it as a verb and you can basically get what I mean. So we can just have one word. That's really interesting. (laughs) There would be like no verb conjugations either. There would be like, here's this verb and you could use it with any subject and there's going to be a separate word to say what tense it is. So you don't have to conjugate it for tense. But that's not like constructed like that on purpose. It's just that's how it it's happens just what ha- to be. Yeah, yeah. They, right? The languages are simple because they form out of a very immediate need. Right. Of like, we need to communicate and we don't have any <laughs> understanding of each other. Yeah. Yeah. Fascinating. It is super fascinating. And oftentimes, if those groups of people continue to interact and intermingle, the pigeon will develop more rules and structure and they'll, you know, they'll be able to communicate more complicated ideas. And then there might be a generation who grow up speaking this language as their native language. And at that there, point, yeah, go ahead. No, I was gonna say, are there pigeon languages that are like spoken 
today, like widespread? Yeah, I mean, so at a certain point, they become what's called a Creole language, which is like a hybrid language that has formed a consistent grammar system and a larger vocabulary and like a body of native speakers. Creole is literally what I was thinking of. Yes. (laughs) So Creole, it's sort of like, like you can say Creole to mean that specific one in the like New Orleans area, but a Creole lowercase c can mean any, you know, kind of hybrid language. Oh, interesting. Okay. Wait, did that come from Creole the language or was it vice versa? So the word Creole comes from the French Creole. So I would assume it is that region first. Sure, sure, sure. And then like languages like that were like named after Creole. That is my assumption. But to bring it back to Chinook jargon, Chinook jargon began as a pidgin trade language. Kyle, do you want to try to guess what area of North America this language was and is spoken? Chinook. I'm going to guess North... No, Yeah, why not? Northeastern United States. Uh, uh, you started off good. Okay, just north. Northwestern. <laughs> Northwestern, yes. It was, ah, uh, that's what the, I meant. Yeah, it started in like the Pacific Northwest area. It was a merging of Chinookan languages, which came from the like Washington, Oregon area, and Wakashian languages, which came from the coastal British Columbia and the islands kind of there, like just north of Washington state. And then there's some English and French in there as well from the European settlers. Where, what time was like around this being developed? So we're not 100% sure when, because there's some debate amongst historians over whether it was a pre or post contact language, because it might have formed just as a blending of indigenous languages before European contact, and then the English and French came later, or it might have happened after European contact and like European traders were part of the catalyst Wait, of the language forming. So is the Chinook word high muckamuck? Well, we're gonna get into the details, but but oh, okay. it, it, it does it comes from Chinook and jargon. Chinook jargon. So we don't know exactly when it formed, but we do know that during the eighteen hundreds the language spread from like the Washington, Oregon area out through British Columbia, the Yukon, Alaska, Northern California, Idaho, Montana, and in certain areas it did become like a stable Creole language. And today, according to the twenty ten US census, Chinook jargon has around six hundred and fifty native speakers, wow. primarily in an area called Grand Ronde, Oregon. That's really wonderful i love that it's still being spoken yeah it like diminished for a while but never fully died and they've there have been efforts in grand ronde to revitalize it i think they put out a dictionary a few years ago maybe 2012 oh i want a chinook dictionary (laughs) it would be fun and actually in that area it's not typically referred to as chinook jargon but chinook wawa and we're pretty sure that during the 1800s it was actually just called the wawa which meant language or speech or words is that where we get the gas station from no i looked into it that so comes funny. from a, a different indigenous word wawa from a oh. different indigenous language wow <laughs> yeah because <laughs> i was wow. thinking the same thing <laughs> i love that yeah that comes from an indigenous oh. language in the pennsylvania area interesting yeah exhilarating Yes. We're trying to weed interesting out of our vocabulary. I know. We've, it's been pointed it's out to so us hard. how often we say interesting and how it's basically a meaningless word. <laughs> but we, it gives us the opportunity to make other words meaningless, you know? That's right. That's right. We're going to expand our overusage yeah. of certain words. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Kyle, a mm-hmm. moment ago, you asked me if high muckamuck is the word in Chinook jargon. 
And the answer is yes. no. Okay. The high part of that is actually either a mishearing of the original phrase or like intentionally conforming it to English. Gotcha. Because the phrase in Chinook jargon is actually Hayu Muckamuck, H-I-Y-U. Also Hi-yu found muck-a-muck. it spelled H-A-Y-U or H-A-Y-O or H-Y-I-U, which is from an 1881 dictionary of Hi-yu. Chinook jargon. Hi-yu. Oh, interesting. Hugh. Yeah. Hugh. Hugh. <laughs> <laughs> the the language that Hayu is borrowed from is either called Nuchathnolth or Nutka. I know I'm gotcha. butchering that. I'm very gotcha. sorry. No, and it means good. plenty. And Muckamuck is also borrowed from a Nutka word, Mahomuk, which meant whale meat. But in Chinook jargon, Muckamuck meant food or to eat. So Hayu Muckamuck literally means plenty of food or plenty to eat. Oh, fun. Yeah. It's likely that it's in its original context was used derisively, like the way we use it in English. There was a tradition or is a tradition called a potlatch practiced by indigenous tribes in that area. Mm -hmm. And it is like a day of feasting and gift giving. And I think there are a few aspects of like the significance of it. But the relevant one here is that people of wealth and power would come and give away food and valuables as a way of like demonstrating how wealthy and powerful sure. they were sure like as a as like a hey <laughs> yeah look what i got <laughs> yeah so they were they were typically held by a rich person or a chieftain who would invite other rich people as oh like gosh. a challenge like oh my god try and top me i bet you can't <laughs> <laughs> anything you can do i can do better <laughs> truly <laughs> I also read that it was a way that a family who was like in disgrace could regain respect, which is super interesting. Through a potlatch? Yeah, like if your family had like, I don't know, committed some horrible social faux pas, then you could gather all your wealth and hold a potlatch and everybody would be like, oh, all right, he's still in the game. (laughs) White after Labor Day? (laughs) You're gonna have to make a mean smoked ribs. (laughs) To make up for that. Bring it to the potlatch. So the context of this word is, you know, somebody would roll up to the potlatch with like a thousand pounds of whale meat. And then everybody at the back of the room would be like, well, look at Mr. Plenty of Food over here. Yeah. Mr. (laughs) Hayumakamuk. Hayumakamuk walking in. (laughs) Potlatches do still happen. They were banned in Canada for a little bit because the colonials were like, "Mm, we don't want you practicing your traditions. We want you to assimilate to ours. Mm -hmm. But potlatch still happened like in secret, and then they were made legal again in the 1950s. But also in that area, in like the Pacific Northwest area, sometimes people will call potlucks potlatches. Oh, does potluck come from potlatch? Nope, different word. Wow, that's really interesting because they they seem to be very similar in motive. <laughs> in motive. Maybe not motive, in motive. <laughs> I like the idea of hosting a party with motive. <laughs> I mean, aren't all of your parties murder mystery parties in the sense that there's going to be a murder that is premeditated and that will be the mystery? Yes. <laughs> yes. But also I'm going to give a feast to prove how powerful yeah. I am. How powerful I am. Uh, that I would feed even the man I'm going to murder. That's right. That's right. But yeah, it seems super interesting. I also It said like they would give away their valuables or just destroy them, which I was like, oh, that seems just like, like dramatic. Hey, I'm so rich, I don't even need this. Yeah, here's how much I don't need this cache of wheat. I'm just going to burn it. I mean, listen, you know, I don't know if that's good or bad, but more power to you. 
Yeah, well, and it does seem like that would spur a word like hi muckamuck. Hi, 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 you muckamuck, yeah. Yeah. So this word, hi muckamuck, hi you muckamuck, was mm-hmm. used in this series that Mark Twain put out, I think in a in a magazine or a newspaper called Letters from Hawaii. And I think, near as I can tell, it's about like his real, it's like a travel journal of his basically of of his trips to hawaii because i there didn't seem to be any signs that this was like fiction god i love oh emily imagine mark twain vacationing in hawaii i mean i don't have to kyle i read about it (gasps) oh but i'm just like the picture of it you know (laughs) tell me tell me about it tell me about it so this this particular scene that i read is called Mm -hmm. scenes from honolulu that was one of the games in Whose Line Is It Anyway, right? Seeds from Honolulu. <laughs> <laughs> he's writing about how he's he's on the island of Oahu and Molokai. And he's with this man, Mr. Brown, who does not enjoy being in Hawaii. <laughs> so funny. Mark Twain is like really here to like take in the sights, absorb the culture, learn what he can. And Mr. Brown is just like hating every bit of it i oh mark i think oh you know what i left i left something really important at home it's my medicines life-saving uh let's go (laughs) but uh, mr brown is also constantly mispronouncing indigenous words in this area he keeps pronouncing oahu as wahoo 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 and he keeps calling centipedes centipedes s-a-n T-I. Oh. So this, what I'm about to read to you is a quote from this man, Brown. Love it. I think he's reading over Mark Twain's shoulder and he's Mark Twain is writing about something about how it's hot. And Mr. Brown reads over his shoulder and cuts in, yes, and hot. Oh, I reckon not. Only 82 in the shade. Go on now and oh, put it all down now that you've begun. Just say, and more centipedes and cockroaches and fleas and lizards and red ants and scorpions and spiders and mosquitoes and missionaries. Oh, blame my cats if I'd live here two months. Not if I was high you muckamuck and king of Wahoo oh. and had a harem full of hyenas. And then Mark Twain explains a that hyenas, hyenas. <laughs> hyenas are his mispronunciation of actually a Maori word that is used in Hawaii, wahine, which means women. So and funny. He tries to correct Mr. Brown on this. <laughs> and Mr. Brown says, it ain't any odds. It describes some of them anyway. Emily, forget about Tom Sawyer. Put away Huckleberry Finn. This sounds like a freaking sitcom that we could have <laughs> starring mark twain and mr brown god this sounds so funny like a buddy cop movie <laughs> what i just if i was high king of wahoo <laughs> just hi that. you muckamuck i think you mean hyenas i know what i mean <laughs> and literally hi you muckamuck is written h-i-g-h dash y-o-u dash muckamuck oh my god hi you muckamuck hi you muckamuck and king of wahoo oh god and i love that mark twain was like i need to put down exactly how ridiculous this guy was <laughs> Was he friends with this guy? I think he was just sort of stuck there with him. Like maybe like all the all the out of towners were hanging out together. I guess. I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Oh yeah. God, I love that. I I mean, I love that as like a Mark Twain goes to Hawaii, like kind of like a, a Griswold's family vacation movie where nothing <laughs> goes as planned, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> This is a really good word and really novel, etymologically speaking. Yeah, I Um, thought it was super interesting that it was like that, like hybrid language. Yeah. And now, Kyle, do you want to try and prove yourself a high muckamuck by using this word in a sentence, but hopefully better than Mr. Brown did? (laughs) Uh, Better? uh, Well, we'll see. Um, Okay. All right. Okay. Let me give me 10 seconds to think. Yeah. Hi, Muckamuck in a sentence. Yeah, you got it. I believe it. What was the, it was, it's used as a noun, right? Like to relate to a person? Yeah. You would call someone a hi, Muckamuck. Or a mucky muck, I saw as well. Or a mucky muck. Mucky yeah. muck. Okay. So at the office the other day, Cynthia was, uh, <laughs> Cynthia was talking about how great she was for having two staplers instead of one <laughs> and my coworker turned to me and said what a high muckety muck this girl is huh <laughs> that's pretty good that's pretty that's accurate that's that is the usage <laughs> i think this word <laughs> Kyle is so tickled by his own sentence. What a bad sentence. Imagine that being in a dictionary. It's like a whole paragraph. Yeah. Don't they put a whole a whole situation for the example yeah. sentence? They do they put in like like a word problem in a math yeah. textbook. Yeah. It's 2004. You're at a marathon. Your uh, brother is sick. You couldn't make it. He's the whole reason you showed up. Um, but now you got to run this marathon. You know what to do. And uh, Jen walks up to you. Jen is uh, a girl you met at a coffee shop. Why is she here? And Jen says, hey, do you want to go mucky mucking around? I mean, I, you've lost it. Your first one was correct. And then I had to correct Jen and say, actually. <laughs> okay. Okay, good. Kyle, let's play a game right now. Let's play a game. I'd let's love get to out of here. So, Kyle, Chinook Dargan uh, only has a few pockets of native speakers today. However, there are a lot of like individual words and phrases that have been adopted by English speakers in the Pacific Northwest area. Okay. And with that in mind, today's game is called Local Lingo. Oh. I'm going to give you a word or phrase borrowed from Chinook jargon and used in English. I'm going to give you three possible meanings, and you're going to try to guess the right one. Okie doke. So your first one, this is, I think, from what I could tell, like the most well-used and the most versatile of these words. Mm-hmm. It is skookum, S-K-O-O-K-U-M. Does it mean A, strong, solid, and reliable, B, sideways or a squint, or C, wild and untamed? I mean, there's no way it means a squint, right? (laughs) (laughs) It would be a crazy coincidence. It would be a crazy coincidence. Sturdy, a squint, and the third one was? Wild and untamed. I'm going to go with that one. Incorrect. (laughs) Oh, 
It means strong, solid, and reliable. And it can refer to people as being like, yeah, he's a solid guy, or objects. Like a, a building can be skookum or a, you know, if you've jerry-rigged something, you're like, no, no, that's that's skookum. That's good. That's going to hold. This is a word that's t- translated into English? That's they, um, they, it's used migrated in into English? That's really but, interesting. But like, these words are like really only used in that like Washington, Oregon, British sure, Columbia area. Sure. Very much local slang. And skookum can also be used to ask for affirmation. Like, is that skookum with you? Meaning like, <gasps> is that good? Which I, I think is that. super fun and we should all start saying that. <laughs> we absolutely should. Yeah. Move over, Yiddish. <laughs> Make sure look at the new jargon. Yiddish. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Kyle, your next word is chuck, C-H-U-C-K. Does it mean A, wood shavings, B, water, or C, foodstuffs? Mm, This is a trick question. It's a tricky. Because there's that whole thing with woodchucks. Yeah. Does this have anything to do with Chuck Woolery? Chuck Woolery? Oh, silly, silly, Emily. (laughs) We won't get into Chuck Woolery today. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with water. I do, you're right. It does mean huh. water. Is the meaning in woodchuck like come from that? No, because woodchuck comes from Algonquin. <sighs> okay. <laughs> I'll take it. But yeah, uh, chuck means water. Salt chuck means salt water. And skookum chuck means chuck. river rapids. Skookum chuck. Skookum strong, chuck. Like water. strong water. River Love rapids. it. Yeah. All right. Your next word is mossy. M-A-S-I. Does it mean good morning, look out, or thank you? Thank you. (gasps) You got it. What was your reasoning? I don't know. It just sounded like I, in my head, I said, all right, say these in each of those inflections. (laughs) And I was like, Massey. I was like, yeah, that sounds like a thankful one. Well, you know what it sounds like is the French merci. (gasps) And it is an alternate pronunciation of that. What? Um, it's literally like it's it's loaned from the French Merci, but the R sound is very rare in Chinook jargon, so it's often eliminated in French and English loan words. So, so wild. Yep. Wild and crazy. Wild and crazy. Love that. Mossy, Emily. Oh, yeah. This is your last word, Kyle. Okay, yeah. And it is Quigley. Q-U-I-G-G-L-Y. Quigley? Quigley. Does Quigley mean A, a small campsite? B, the remnants of a pit house, or C, an area of tricky terrain? Campsite. Nope. (laughs) It is the remnants of a pit house, like a kind of half underground house dug into the dirt. It comes from a pre-existing word, kekuli, I think that's how you pronounce, which in Chinook jargon meant underground or beneath. That is fascinating. Isn't it? I love... Every word I've looked at from this language. Yeah, really. <laughs> I, I mean, really fantastic. good words. <laughs> like, unique. Uh, clearly, their influence on the English language is not as widespread as it should be. Yeah, I feel like all these words have a good mouthfeel. Yeah, good like, mouthfeel. Like, skookum is a really good word skookum to say. Skookum is so good. Yeah. <laughs> and I love Mossy, and I love Quigley. And you know what? Now my kids are going to be... Quigley? <laughs> Nutka, Nutka and Quigley. Nutka and Quigley. Nutka and Quigley. <laughs> Amazing. What a beautiful homage. What a beautiful homage. <laughs> and you, I have you to, Masi, Emily, I have you to thank for that. Oh, you're very welcome. And uh, uh, I've got our... Kyle, yeah. you're going to remind the people what they should That's do? That's what I was going to do, yeah. Yeah. Remember, remember, remember the butter no parsnips of November. 
This isn't airing in November. It's probably <laughs> December. Remember, you can find Butter No Parsnips on social media, on Facebook, and on Instagram at Butter No Parsnips Podcast. If you haven't already subscribed. Uh huh. And if you happen to like today's episode, and I hope you did, consider giving us a five star rating or a good review wherever you heard it. And if you're a woodchuck that <laughs> has chucked, then you'll have really liked today's episode please consider donating to our patreon at patreon.com slash butter no parsnips yeah donating five dollars or more on there will get you a shout out either on social media or right here on the podcast we might say your name we just might and if we say it three times we might summon you to be a guest on the podcast the lexiconicon you never know but a huge thanks to anyone who does donate we love you for that yeah Thank Marcy. Marcy. Uh, with that, I've been Kyle. And I've been Emily. And this has been... Butter? No. Parsnips. <laughs> <laughs>Thank you for listening to Butter No Parsnips. Butter No Parsnips is produced by Seth Glicksman, Emily Moyers, and Kyle Imperator. The theme music and additional music is by Kyle Imperator. If you liked listening to this episode, subscribe and give us a good rating and or positive review wherever you heard it. If you really liked listening, consider donating to our Patreon at patreon.com slash butternoparsnips. There you can get bonus content you can't get anywhere else, like the monthly Patreon-exclusive podcast Buttered Parsnips. Your support means the world to us and encourages us to keep making more. Thanks in advance, and we'll be back next week.